Welcome everybody to the Path Followed Podcast, where we talk about business tips, insights, and skills to help you grow. I am your host, Martin Rascone, along with my co-host, Maria Rascone. And today, we are talking about building strong teams. And really, the point here, or what we want to just kind of drive home, is that successful teams need the right amount of autonomy and authority. That's right. But first, why don't we start with what is a team? I have here that a team is a group of people working together in a unified manner to achieve a goal and objective. What do you think about that, Martin? Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty common um, definition of a team. It's 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 pretty simple. I think it's well known. I think everybody understands what a team is, but sometimes I think people, you know, get a little confused as to maybe why their team isn't performing because maybe they don't actually have a team as you just defined it. So that's interesting. So if they don't have a team, do they have a group or what is it that they have then? Yeah. So, so you mentioned group. Uh, what, what I wanted to kind of, you know, make a distinction on here is that not every group of people working together are necessarily a team. It sounds it sounds silly, but just because you have a whole bunch of people like you know working together, you go, oh, this is this is my team. No, like sometimes you you have literally a group, meaning you have individuals who are individually accountable and who individually succeed or fail based on what they're doing okay. and and that's probably more common in the workplace to have like these working groups than to actually have teams because te teams you have a shared goal okay. and i think that's the biggest difference is when you have a work group everybody's individually evaluated a team you have that shared success and failure just just think about like team sports that's the okay. easiest thing right like everybody plays a different position however if you know somebody has a great game you know okay great but did did that help you win the game period right as a team and so you could have had a bad game right as an individual but if the whole team was able to carry you through to a victory then you know that's the difference you have that collective um, accountability, that collective success, and that shared goal. So is there some pros to having a team or pros to having a group or, or maybe is there a size that could maybe? So when you're looking at like the pros and cons, uh, for like, you know, maybe when do you want to work group versus an, an actual team, y you know, there are there are times where you want a work group. Okay. You you want a work group when there really can't be a shared goal. And really, if you want to hold individual people accountable, um, then you want a work group. The the problem or the con to work groups is again, you you create this environment in which people are just handing off work from one person to another, one department to another and then that can create some problems like performance or quality or you know a couple other issues and and when that happens 
you may want to evaluate, do you need a, a team? But again, back to like the word group side of things, if you need to hold individuals accountable, you know, and you want to reward them, you know, individually, you may want a work group if you can't have that shared goal. So when you do have a team, what are some things that we can do to make sure we build a strong team? Yeah, so for when you when you know that you can have a shared goal and you go, hey, we're all going to try to deliver this, I don't know, let's say this product together. Okay. One of the things you want to do first is you, you want to make sure that you your team is the right size. And so if your team gets too large, then you may have some communication issues. You know, people may feel like they're missing information. You know, people may be unaware of decisions that are being made. Those are all indi indicators that your team is too large. And the reason, for obvious reasons, if your team is too large, then these problems rise and then you're not going to have a strong team because obviously if you don't have all the information, right. it's going to be difficult to execute. And so team size is important. Um, that leads into, I guess, the probably the most important part is you need to be deliberate about how you're building your team. Okay. So what I mean by be deliberate, and, and I understand that some people don't have the opportunity to build a team. So like if you walk into a new position and you are, they go, hey, you're the new, I don't know, uh, lead of you know, this department, here is your team, right? Right. I'm doing air quotes here. You know, what you would have to, what you would have to do is you, you have to make sure as, as a leader of that team, that you know, the strengths and weaknesses of every individual, because you can't just assume that all, that group of people understand one, that there's this shared goal, if it truly is a, a team, and two, that they're going to be graded on the fact that it's a shared goal, meaning like you may have done your part, but if you don't, you know, get that product completed, then you all fail. So you, you're saying that you should first meet the people, talk to them, fill out the team and then make a plan. Yes. You, you have to know those strengths and weaknesses of everyone on the team. And then you have to under, you have to know what each person is going to be responsible for. Okay. So, just because you're in a team and and we talk about in work groups that you have people individually accountable, that doesn't mean that in a team you can't hold people individually accountable. You you can. The the point being is that that is not how you're ultimately graded, right? Okay. You're ultimately graded on the larger success of everybody. So the reason why I make that little point there is because when I talk about like the responsibility each person has, you have to make sure they they understand what's expected of them and that whatever is expected of them isn't overlapping with somebody else's right expectation. That makes sense. So once you have that clear, then you're on the path to building a strong team. Yes, once you have those things, so once you've evaluated the people you know, the strengths and weaknesses, you're making sure that that team isn't too, too big, you know, and again, the indicator there, we talked about, you know, how information is being passed. Once you have those two things in place, 
then you can start talking about um, the right amount of autonomy. That's interesting. So when you talk about autonomy, is that something that is number one priority with teams? Is that something that can create a weak team if it's not, you know, set up correctly? Well, I guess what I would say is you have to, again, know the right amount of autonomy. And that's kind of how we led into the into the podcast. Strong, stronger, successful teams need the right amount of autonomy, meaning there's different levels. And it, it depends on the type of team that you're building. Okay. So there are different types of teams and depending on the types of the type of team you are trying to build, you may need more or less autonomy. Okay. So then what are some things that somebody can look for and watch out so that they don't have a weak team? So with the team, I guess in, in regards to the autonomy side of things, you, you have to know I guess the type of team that you have. So if you have a manager led team, basically where you have, you know, whoever the leader is of that team setting all the goals, all the tasks, they, they monitor everything. There's little autonomy there. If that's going to be the setup you have, then that little bit of autonomy is, if it works, then, then great. That's that's how those teams are meant to be, you know, um, that's how they're meant to work. Okay. If you have like a self-managing team, that, that gives a, a lot more autonomy. And so basically those teams tend to be smaller. You know, yes, you can still have like a leader who see, oversees the overall goal. However, that team is assigning the tasks. They're the ones maybe doing the planning, setting, you know, standards, and even organizing like the day-to-day -day activities. And so... In those situations, you want to make sure you have high autonomy. Okay. Because basically you're saying like you you make sure you figure out the how. Right. So in a lot of uh, tech um, companies, they tend to use, you know, an agile methodology, which is a set of principles that really encourages this sort of self-managing idea. Okay. And so basically in Agile, depending on, you know, what methodology you're using, they basically kind of teach this whole, you know, you self-manage. You All the people on the team are responsible for how they will accomplish, you know, the task that, that has been set out for them. So if it's like, hey, you got to deliver this piece of software, then they're tasked with figuring it out. They're tasked with like, hey, here's what I think I can do as a developer. Here's what I can provide as a designer. They kind of come up with what they can uh, commit to. Okay. And then within a set amount of time. So it's a it's a very popular um, team type in, in the tech industry. So basically no micromanaging allowed. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It, it's, they encourage quite the opposite. And then... And then they also talk about like cross-functional. That's usually how they describe it, or cross-functional teams, which in some respects is different than just a self-managing team because cross-functional, it, it's, it's basically the same as self-managing. It's just you're crossing, you know, other departments or other areas of expertise. And so again, if we were to use that same kind of like software example, you know, you might have somebody from, let's say, the accounting department who's also on the team okay. to help provide information as a subject matter expert to really communicate maybe the value or the need of what they're building. 
and they'll they would be part of the team in the sense that they are also responsible for it ultimately being completed and so that's back to that whole definition of a team is like they can't just say oh well you developers go figure it out here's what i need no they're they're in these constant daily meetings where they're saying hey i think that's kind of going a little off track okay here's what we need to do or execute and so because of that role that is again back to that definition of what a team is because they are collectively going to be graded on success and failure so i was reading on teams that strong teams actually create less stress at work they have cr greater creativity they're higher at taking risks they have positive work environments and they have a sense of unity what do you think about that yeah so the reason yeah the the benefits of of having like strong teams yeah i would agree with all those I, you know it's interesting you can find statistics you know showing that you know having teams people perform better and all the things you had mentioned you can also find statistics on saying the the opposite where sometimes in in team settings you know they tend to fail more often because it you know it's not clear as to you know who is executing or they don't you know right they don't maybe want to point the finger at one particular person which highlights the fact that they probably weren't a strong team but my point is that you know if you set the statistics aside you know what you will just generally speaking see is is definitely higher performance and higher quality okay because the higher quality is you know it's a result of the fact that when you don't have working groups people are then more inclined to make sure what they're working on is going to be you know received from whoever it's moving on to or the or the next kind of department um in, in a much better manner meaning you know or i should say if you if you contrast that with like the word group when you're when you're just working on your individual piece and you're done and you just you know kind of throw it right. over the fence if you will to the next group it's just like hey i did my part yeah in, in a team you know like your part it's literally literally just that it's a part to the whole so you're more concerned about is this helping the whole and so the, the quality will be there you'll be like no i need to make sure this is good right and that it's ready for whoever this person is who's going to take on this kind of next area of the work or whatnot um and and there's just that that sense of um ownership there right because they're accountable to each other right exactly and when you're accountable to each other again that that leads to that higher that higher quality so we know it's important to have a strong team but if someone does have a weak team do you have some solutions some ideas for some things they need to look for so for if you if you have a team and they're struggling there's there's two things you need to you need to look at first the the first one is there's probably an issue with trust and it could be trust with the leader or it could be trust with the other people on the team because the way the way it works is if there's if there's no trust within a team then then it's going to be very difficult for, right. for them to work together and so 
in a work setting, usually lack of trust stems from, you know, people just not uh, getting their portion of the work done. Okay. And then maybe maybe there's some some people who like you know um, point fingers or blame. Right. Or you know whatever the case may be. Maybe maybe they're just overwhelmed, and that's why they can't deliver. What whatever it is, whatever causes the lack of trust, uh, that's the first thing. Uh, to look at so okay. for for those people who are trying to build teams um look there okay that's number one the second reason or thing i would say in regards to if you have a weak team is there's probably some sort of confusion okay and confusion meaning there's people are unclear about the roles the responsibilities or even worse, they can be confused about the goal or the vision. Right. So they don't even know what direction they're no. heading. And if it's confusion on goal and vision, then then that's that's a problem for you team builders out there. Right. You're you're not doing you're not doing your part. And to be fair, um, well, to be honest, I should say, if, if there's confusion on the roles and responsibilities, you're probably still not doing your part either. Okay. It has to be clear again who's responsible for what. And again, even though everybody's going to be graded collectively, everybody still has to know their part and own that part. Okay. So you mentioned trust as the first thing. Is that something that the team leader, obviously you said they need to look into that, but should they model that behavior? How can they how can they start to build that trust? Uh yeah, that's a great question. So, yeah, obviously our view on leadership is you always have to model that leadership you know at path followed we always talk about you know as a leader you have to have your core principles those principles drive your character and then from your character you're able to then establish like purpose and drive people towards that and so if, if you're unable to you know stand on principles and then guide and grow those principles in others then it's going to be very difficult to build trust because then then you you're just <laughs> you don't come across as authentic right and and that's always a problem because in leadership you always need to have that first you need to be mm -hmm. trustworthy now if you're talking about how to improve trust within a team uh the first thing again you it goes back to when you build that team initially you you have to know and understand the people who are on your team right you actually have to know them as people you have you have to know like you know what what they're interested in their beliefs you know talk to them about their families you know if they're interested in sports because you need to understand you know where they're coming from what motivates them their type of personality because if there's a lack of trust somewhere within that team you know understanding who these people truly are, it's going to help you figure out like where that problem is. And so once you understand all the different individuals on your team and you have good relationship with them, then you're able to 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 start to identify where those gaps are. And then to to try to fix those gaps, what you do is you need to encourage dependability and reliability. Okay. So once trust is broken down, in a team the only way you can bring it back up 
is people have to know that you're going to follow through on your commitments. Right. That's how you build trust. So, hey, if the big meeting is at whatever, nine o'clock, make sure, you know, make sure you're there at nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> you're not walking in late. Make sure you're prepared. Make sure your portion is ready. Like, you know, for the presentation, what, whatever the case is, whatever your your responsibilities are, deliver on those. Right. Show up and care. Yes. And if and if you can't deliver on those, then you need to own it. Right. Right. You know, you, you need to be able to say, okay, hey, I was not able to do X, you know, for this reason. And you own it. Right. And go, but here here's what I'm doing to, you know, turn this around. Or here's when I can get it to you. You need to own your mistakes. And then you need to come through on commitments that you that you put out there. And so once you've done those things and you've done them consistently. Right then trust will start to build within your team. That and makes so, sense. Yeah. And so one last thing. And then for as a leader, what you want to do is you want to reward that type of behavior in public. Right. And so amongst the team, when people are delivering on their commitments, you want to you want to make sure you you reward that in front of everybody. So you go, Maria, great job on delivering that presentation on time or great job, you know, making sure that that came in right on budget right and so when you encourage that as a leader and you're you're showing that in front of everybody then again you're going to create an environment where individuals know how they will be rewarded right and that's going to begin to take effect within the team well it's going to build them up individually but it's going to strengthen them in the areas where they obviously are already excelling if you're bringing encouragement to them and positive reinforcement then they're going to feel excited about what they're doing Right. And if you've done your homework as the leader and you know the strengths and weaknesses right. of your team, then again, you're going to know how to shore up those those people who have a weakness and then get them to the support they need from the rest of the team. So that, again, you can show, hey, good job, Maria, on working with, I don't know, you know, Sally on making sure that budget was put together, you know, on time. Right. You know, there you go. And so, again, if you continue to encourage that, that's going to go a long way. The second thing you mentioned was confusion. So what can someone do if there's confusion? So when it comes to confusion, again, I think this is all on the, the team leader. The team leader, you have to make it very clear who's responsible for what. And so if you go, Maria, you're responsible for the budget, okay. right? You, can, you need to make sure that that is done by this date and that we are, you know, on or under budget you make it very very clear like that's 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 your responsibility you know you let me know what you need to make sure that that gets done and then if if there's some overlap somewhere or somebody thinks that they're responsible for something that they're not then you as the leader need to make it clear like hey maybe maybe you're not the one responsible but you but you are the one who's accountable for maybe providing all the uh, business um, information for Maria to put together that budget. Okay. So you make it clear, hey, listen, like she'll, Maria will get all this going. She makes the decisions on, you know, where that money is being spent. However, you are responsible for, you know, making sure all of that information is given to Maria by a certain time. So you work with Maria, make sure you guys are on the same page. You know, you, you need to make those roles um, and responsibilities, you know, very, very clear as the leader so that, you know, people know what they're, you know, what what lane they're in. And they have to do this with every single person in the team, correct? 
Correct. And and what's funny about the confusion on roles and responsibilities, like the moment things aren't getting done on time or, you know, maybe you know, things start falling behind, you need to take a look there. Right. As a leader, you need to take a look there because it might be somebody will go, well, I thought, you know, Maria was taking care of that. Right. And then once you start to hear those types of you know conversations, <laughs> there may be some confusion there. Yeah. And so um, you as the leader need to make sure you clear those things up so that everybody can keep moving forward. So we're almost out of time, but Martin, you mentioned that strong teams need authority. Can you talk a little bit on that? Yeah. So on the authority side, you know, when we talked about at the beginning, teams need the right amount of autonomy and authority. When you're building a strong team, again, based on the types of teams you're trying to build, the type of team you're trying to build, you you need to know when the team should be making decisions about process, maybe it's about tasks, or maybe even about setting the goal itself. And again, okay. I in the tech in the tech world, right, we, I talked about this agile philosophy and these principles. And what they tend to do there is is the people who are doing the work actually make the decision on what tasks they're going to work on and you know what goal they're going to hit within a certain amount of time now that's negotiated depending on you know how how it's set up but my point is that that is extremely important when trying to build a strong team because you want to make sure that you're giving the team the authority to figure out the how right if you're constantly saying or the micromanaging as you right. brought up like here's how it needs to be done then again that's going to go back to you know it's going to affect quality it's going to affect productivity it's even going to start to affect that worker satisfaction you know um aspect of things because people naturally want to do a good job at work and, right. and people naturally come in and have creative ideas on how to solve problems and the more ownership you give them and allowing them to take ownership they take pride in that work they do they'll go the extra mile that leads to that higher quality there's that commitment we talked about earlier where they feel like they're closely tied to the work because right. they came up, they help come up with maybe the goal or the task or the, or the process. And then they're more committed to the people. And so having them, having the team members actually making decisions on how all of this, you know, plays out is crucial to having a successful team. Wow, I think we actually gave a lot of information there to motivate some of these team leaders. Yeah, and so, you know, on that note, what we'll do is we'll we'll wrap it up there. And if you guys have any more, you know, topics you would like to have us cover, make sure you reach out to us on social media. And then until next time, make sure you stay on the path forward.